Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. I really like sending an emoji out of context and then it's so saying good. that's a croissant, by the way, <laughs> and then moving on. <laughs> oh no, but what was the relevance? You go, yeah, it was, it's a croissant. You know, like it, it was a croissant. And then if people don't say anything, but you say, do you, do you see the croissant? <laughs> <laughs> so you like to put people in awkward positions. And then you can even start using the word croissant in sentences. So like instead of question, for example, like, <laughs> can I ask you a croissant? Yeah, can I ask you a croissant? Like, has anyone got any croissants? So freaking dumb. We used to play. We used to play a game at school when when lessons were really boring. To, to it was just pick up. It was a like random word generator. So like turkey breast, chicken fillet, whatever. And you had to just say it in a sentence while asking the teacher a question and nice. see if you could get away with it. And if you're confident enough, there's a moment where the teacher thinks they just say. <laughs> they just say chicken breast but it's a, it's so it's too weird and too out of context them to go what are you doing what so often they wait here? for like four or five people to do it and then they go yeah. class <laughs> so what's <laughs> something's going on here. <laughs> so our, our version of that at my school was someone in the class would be keeping a tight like tapping a beat with their foot and then every time they did the third tap we'd all have to change position <laughs> and then like when the teacher would turn around, we'd all just be in different poses. And that was fun. Nice. I mean, the game was usually up after about five rounds of that, but it's still entertaining. <laughs> that is beautiful. People used to play the tuck game. So instead of, it's like all words that are very close to swear with it. You can't technically be told off a swearing oh, form. It's off, so miss. similar. I'm not swearing, so it was, miss. <laughs> it was just shouting tuck progressively louder. So someone went like tuck. And whenever the teacher turned to face the whiteboard, and it'd be like, like tuck. Tuck, tuck, and then it got so extreme that you had to stand on your chair and shout tuck. Nice. And there was a guy, it, it was it crescendo to the point where it was full shouting. Guy stood on his chair, teacher turned round, caught him standing on his chair, shouted tuck anyway, straight to detention. That's a, that's a kamikaze, isn't it? It's like, I'm going to go down swinging here. <laughs> <laughs> you're a, you're yeah, a hero but, in battle at that point. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fall on your sword. Exactly. For the honour of the tuck game. <laughs> so much fun shit at school. They just You don't get to do in adult life and it's really annoying. Like, there's no opportunities are there to do shit like that. That's why I oh, love yeah. seeing that there's loads of videos of like people on work sites in the high vis just doing absolutely mental stuff to each other. Like really harsh, savage stuff. But it's proper schoolyard humour and they're the only people that can still get away with it last until- bastion of schoolyards yeah it would be difficult difficult like a coaching call <laughs> yeah even in an office like so few people have time for it because everyone's like really serious and no one but no one's really sure why because you've got to be really professional yeah health and but, safety got mad 
Pussy culture gone crazy. <laughs> Not having it. That reminds me, Alex, did you see the the two columns? It was like how to write a viral article on Forbes yeah. or on Business Insider. So for everyone's benefit, this guy was like, so I figured out the formula. What we do, right, is we take two envelopes. One of them has a phenomenon, just a set of random objects and ideas and things. And the other one has a set of social justice issues. So we say France has a transphobia problem. <laughs> Croissants have a Islamophobia problem. Um, sausages have a sexism problem. And so you just like, he was like, and it's, it's brilliant. Every time you just take a random one out of here and you put it in the formula and then he keeps coming up with examples and screenshots of actual articles that have just got the most ridiculous <laughs> combinations of this and then what's the, what's the modifier we need to talk about you've got to put that at the beginning uh, how, yeah. uh, how sausages have a transphobia problem even those examples were too vanilla i think the, the ones that he was coming up with that were real were like fully surrealist that's great <laughs> there you go it's clickbait it's all about clickbait that's all the world is now just attention like mangoes have a anti-semitism problem big mango we need to talk about it we do need to talk about it but instead today we are not going to talk about it we're going to keep avoiding the big issues and we're actually (laughs) going to dive into scaling your online fitness business um so we're back again with the three of us and we're we're gonna continue sort of where we left off last week uh after yusuf's amazing who wants to be a millionaire analogy of how flopped on youtube unfortunately Oh, well, there you go. So, <laughs> it's enjoyed on Instagram. Fitness has a millionaire problem. Here's what we need to do about it. Maybe that should have been the name. <laughs> I, it just flops on YouTube because people want to watch stuff that isn't actually educational. Yeah, that, that, that's what I tell myself when I upload <laughs> a video that I think is really nice. No one likes. You think? Hold on, hold on. There's too much information in this one. I better know this one's too valuable. That's, that's yeah. the problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one will believe this is free. We better just not bother. Yes. Well, so, sorry, where did we derailed your intro there. No, no. I, I... Well, where we left off was Johnny said, I have oh, some no. notes on this. Oh, fuck. Where are my notes? <laughs> so Johnny apparently <laughs> has some notes. I mean, he doesn't have notes. He's just going to be in silence for the next 25 minutes. The thing is, those notes, when I wrote them, will have been really fresh and clear and it would have made for a great podcast but now they're like well, now it's just going to be scribblings <laughs> it'll be like weird that... I'm like, oh, car parks <laughs> oh well that would have been great i've got no idea what that is <laughs> i don't know if I anyone's do... ever done that where you just you write notes and in the moment you're like oh my this is something big this is an idea <laughs> you go back and it's just words that you don't it's understand w- how they link together it's you know, when um yeah so with my shower notepad, have you heard about my shower notepad? No. You might not have done. I have heard about your shower notepad. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I should have, but I have. <laughs> <laughs> so the um, I found my notes, by the way. Oh, oh yeah, very oh, yeah. exciting stuff. But yeah, so so I'm I'm at the I'm at the mercy of my handwriting. So I don't handwrite anything apart from. Obviously, I can't digitally write shower notes without just sacrificing a device every shower. So it's when you write things like need or must or like exclamation marks and then you can't read the like the actual oh. action. You're like, 
What's that, Alex? As a doctor, Yusuf, famed for terrible handwriting, how do you feel? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I was, I was going to show you a similar example, but it's, <laughs> it's the equivalent of when you, you have like a, a dentist appointment and you put in your calendar 9 a.m., 28th April. And then you just don't write the thing. And then it gets to 9 a.m. in your calendar and you're like, oh, great, I've got a thing that I have to do. Don't know what it is. And then like half an hour later, you get a call being like, hello, are you coming to your appointment? And you're like, oh. well, I, I knew I had to be somewhere. Where, where is this appointment? What what have I got wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got this piece of unsolicited mail today as well, which I've written return to sender unsolicited. Um, <laughs> it says to the you TV lover. taking down big businesses. One yes. why, why have you written unsolicited mail on it? So it's What's from that Sky. going to achieve? Oh, I'll explain. So, so it's from Sky. Sky have a Twitter account. They have six Twitter accounts, but they've banned uh, or they've blocked DMs on all of them. And I'm not going to like call their customer service and go through all the things to try and take myself off the list there. But I'm on the mail preference service, which means that you like you shouldn't get junk mail. And I bought a sticker on Amazon that's on my letterbox that says like no junk mail. So they've gone through two layers of defense here, and they're still sending me this so stuff. Is the issue that they've sent? They've put a flyer addressed to you through your letterbox. Yeah. Why not just put it in the bin? So. I weighed this up in my I was like, oh, there's the effort of putting it in the bin, but that's kind of the teaching amount to fish scenario, isn't it? This but is you, what, what you, GPs do. Yeah. <laughs> this is how they spend all their mental RAM. If you think on, on like Sky's like weekly management meeting, you're, you, because you've written unsolicited <laughs> mail on, on the document, they're going to be like, whoa. whoa Susan, we've got on. an issue. Oh, better stop this. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't understand if I opted in, but I I never opted in. And my name is not TV Lover. Oh, right, I see. So you feel... So they've you offended feel like you. They've tried to address you personally as a TV lover. And you don't... Yeah. TV lovers have a Sky problem. Here's what we need to do about it. It's when you have exactly. the merge tag, the first name merge tag, but there's not a first name in the thing, so it defaults to, like, mate. But for Sky, it's TV lover. You could go a step further. You could get Sky, get a Sky person round to install it, and then have the conversation with them. That's how. That's how. That's how to circumvent. Like you can't DM them. You're like, right? Well, how do I get in touch with someone from Sky? Get them around my house. (laughs) Lure them into thinking that I want Sky, like the best package, and then just say, "Sit down, mate. You see this? This is unsolicited mail. You, (laughs) you send me this. Read what I've written here." Then be like, I can't read it. Your handwriting's terrible. I'm like, yeah, sorry, I'm a doctor. Bad handwriting. <laughs> oh, how's that? Oh yeah, COVID's pretty bad. Just get into a name chat and derailed <laughs> your anger. It's all gone. It's all fizzled out. Anyway, let's grow an online fitness business. Yeah, let's do it. Where to begin? Well, begin. let's begin at the start of your notes. If you can read the handwriting of your digital notes. So, thank- thankfully, they're digital. Thank God. The sans serif. Um, it's an unsolicited note in my digital collection. So I have, I have uh, a series of, of bullet points written down. I don't really know how to tackle it. So I'm just going to say things and hopefully it'll spark a, a discussion. Okay. So 
I think the the original brief for the last podcast was the mindset to grow a business. Is that right? Yes, the mindset of scaling. You know, not the niftiest name, but name nonetheless. Uh, so, but yes, so the sort of mindset. Did you hear me there? It looked like it cut out a little bit. No, no, I did. Yeah, I did. I was just staring blankly. So, so I've got money attitude, letting go of perfection, letting go of a bespoke service for your clients and that they need a lot of time from you, letting go of doing things yourself. And then within that step, the, the, the steps, the, the, how many, I've written step two twice. So step <laughs> five, the five steps of outsourcing things. Because I think the ultimately, as you grow, I think the hardest things, I think the things we have we have both found the hardest are basically you, at some point you have to just not do everything yourself. So whether that is like you get help from someone, you like employ people or get people to to help you with certain aspects of things, you suddenly stop working with everybody one to one on absolutely everything. Um, and then you look for stuff that has to be done on a weekly or daily basis and think, right, well, if I can't do all of this myself, like what's, what should I give to somebody else and how do I make that decision? Or to a little robot. Or to a little robot. Or to a piece of software. Little computer mind. <laughs> yes. No, right, don't be so harsh on yourself, Alex. On the back. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of these things that you've highlighted, we mentioned in the how to how we quit our nine to five jobs podcast which was about 10 episodes back and the core concept there was that a big mistake people do when they work for themselves is that they take all of the old f- f- uh, problems and broken systems in an office job or working for a large organization and they transplant it over into their self-employed work and actually a lot of this, as you said, is a process of letting go, letting go of those systems that may support a large organization, but actually you're more nimble as the sole trader and you're able to um, to get away with a lot more moving fast and breaking things, which is the the Facebook ethos of, of working. And so that perfection... startup. What's that? That tiny old startup of Facebook. <laughs> yeah, that little, little startup. But, um, you know, they... they they operate in a in a much more modern way um and so the first thing of perfection i think like we've all had the situation where we've we've had an article or a um something that's been on our hard drive for ages and ages and we we never bring it to publish because we want it to be perfect whereas you're never going to achieve perfect sat in a silo on your own you have to just throw some minimal minimum viable product out into the market and allow it to be chipped away and reacted to by the market and then that forms what is the the best thing for the for the customer and it may not even be what you envisaged when you when it's sat in the offline silo it has to go out and interact with the world to take form tumbleweed tumbleweed no i so the this is something we talk to clients about a lot on coaching calls that like they struggle to get going because they're worried about it not being perfect but actually like their what they think is perfect is just completely in their head yeah like what if what if what they think is perfect is rubbish in someone else's mind is it still perfect what if their version of not perfect is perfect in someone else's mind is it perfect then 
there we go. Like, are, are you looking to be an artist that is only self-satisfying and like, oh yeah, well, I, I really like it. So it doesn't matter if anyone else does, or are you trying to make money? Are you trying to add yeah. value to the economy? Exactly. Well, which I so think, think takes you on to the first point that Johnny was talking about, about like money mindset. And I know we've done a few episodes on this, um, but I think like talking about, well, talking about, I think the, the change in money mindset for both of you, as, as you scaled propane, you know, fitness, I think that'd be interesting for people to hear. So for example, this morning we just bought a course for $300 and it, we didn't really mince over the decision. Like I, I messaged Johnny saying, can we get this course? Johnny was like, yeah, if, if you think it's good, <laughs> let's go for it. And because we both know that it's going like all the information in the course, like if we really wanted to, we could sit down and figure out how to do it from first principles and, and all this stuff, but it's just going to take loads of time. And somebody has done the, gone through all the effort of actually collecting all the information you need to achieve that specific result for that part of our business and put it all together in a very palatable way. So it's like, well, yeah, it's, quicker and easier to just pay for it and something i noticed that people who never get anywhere or um never manage to break certain barriers with their revenue are the ones who are terrified to spend any money on anything including like a nine dollar bit of software for example because they want to do it manually to save the nine dollars it's like just buy the software man like it's much it's much quicker and and easier for you to do that and this kind of comes down to the the idea that we've seen from Sam Evans, which is about the great mirror, that whatever you do internally is a reflection or will be reflected in your business. So if like, if you hate being, um, if, if you've got like a problem with capitalism, for example, you, you're not going to be able to sell your, your product because that's like an in, internal conflicting belief with how you're acting in the world. You know, that, that, Thing, like the, the reflection thing I've always wrestled with that because it sounds like absolute bullshit doesn't it like <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's it you, you listen like to it and you think nah but we like last week we were getting a some carpet replaced in the house because I spilled coffee on it or technically the dog spilled coffee on it oh I yeah, was the, yeah. Nice. I was the kind of the I created the coffee that allowed the dog to then knock it over so it's it's you know I'm taking full responsibility <laughs> Ra- radical Radical honesty and ownership. So the coffee that was spilled, um, I mean, yes, I, I was the creator of the coffee, but I think we have to ask who the initiator of the spillage was before we start pointing any fingers. I think well, like, it's cancel culture, people are very quick to react. To that. I, you know, I, I think we must be allowed to make mistakes and grow. And with that in mind, I would like to say, yes, I, I was involved in the coffee spillage. But uh, no, 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 I was not the total problem. Well, I, I read, I, I was going to blame Dexter, but then I read Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. And I was like, you know what? It, it was my fault. Like, I'm Dexter's manager. It was my, I should have been better. But anyway, so, so we, someone came, someone came around a quote for the carpet. Yeah. And, um, like, like my, my girlfriend was saying, like, oh, we should try and get some, you know, we should try and haggle and get some money. If I was like, no, I'm just going to pay the, pay the, and it, it was the first time I've ever had that. Like, actually, you know what? I get really peeved when people ask us for discounts for things because you think, well, why should, like we, the service is the service that it's worth this in our mind. So I was like, you know what? He's, he runs a small business. He's probably had a really tough 2020, 2021. 
I'm just going to pay the full price. So now we'll never get anyone asking for discounts. Well, there, there we go. As soon as you have that shift. But, you know, the, <laughs> I think people think it's woo-woo because they're expecting like some metaphysical change to happen. But it's really about the signals that you're putting out on a very mundane level. And, you know, the idea that if you hate being sold to with products that are that are useful for you and that would be of value to you, then you're going to have trouble selling to other people. Um, so we none of us like being cold messaged, but we don't mind being warm messaged. <laughs> so if someone sends us a cold message that's like, hey, do you want to um, invest in my wine business? We're like, well, you've not done your research here. Like we, this is in reference to a message we had recently. But if someone said, hey, I, I noticed that you've got this, this, and this, and this is probably a problem that you're facing, so I can offer this for you, we'll be like, sweet, yeah, tell us more. Like We'll we'll get on a call with them. Um, and as a result, that's that reflects how much success you're going to have doing the same approach. Well, like, because we're not yet so comfortable with receiving cold messages i don't think we're going to have much success cold messaging like the carpenter and saying hey do you want to build an online fitness business because yeah, exactly it's a bit of a stretch. But, so we get a lot of emails that are clearly templates that are just like quotes of so it'll be like a template of like hi i saw your post on and then they'll just have whatever post they've identified which sometimes is just like number one like just like number one how to build a something something and then like and they're like i have this health tracker and it's just nothing to do with anything and i do wonder like i I, obviously it must be an automated program no one can be doing that manually because that just must not work i don't know who that would work what they're doing there is the the approach of like turning up in the club and just asking every single person in there like male female staff patron whatever just asking everyone hi will you come home with me tonight and you just they know that if they ask 2,000 people, someone might. Well, you just need one person in the whole club to say yes, and then success. There we go. <laughs> so it's, it's putting up with all the all the like slaps, punches, I'm calling the police, all that sort of stuff prior to that. But yeah, I know what you mean. Like it's, it's when they'll send us something about, they want to write an article about why keto works. It's like, have you read any of the site? <laughs> like, just go read one Where article. Else? Well, that's it. And you're much more amenable if someone says, hey... Like and mention names us by name and says, I've read this and I really liked this, this, and yeah. this. I'd like to contribute this. And you're like, well, sweet. Like they've actually done their research here, and nothing better when you're on a podcast, for example, and you know you've been invited as a guest, and they have questions that are yeah. specific to you rather than tell me who you are. We've lost Alex, we've lost him. He'll come back on. <laughs> <laughs> well, you think he's I've just arranged this and then. <laughs> Well, I suppose if we believe that he'll come back on, then he'll come back on. Because I'd come back on, you'd come back on. So that's how we'd act. So it'll, as long as it wasn't recording for him locally, which I don't think it was. I think it was recording for you. No, it's not. The great mirror. He's back. Sorry, yeah, I was was very offended by uh, your comment about (laughs) Crazy Pops. I I dropped out for a little bit there. Protest. You just dropped off to to just be a bit offended on your own and then... Yeah, I I thought, you know, this is not appropriate for the podcaster world, podcast land. I don't need to hear my offence, but in private I can grieve my anger. Go be offended. Come back renewed. That's a very mature way of dealing with it. I know, I imagine if the rest of the world did that. Very healthy. Just going to be offended on your own. 
linked to the link to that mindset thing that you have spoken about, I think the having the, which is another thing we learned from kind of the same area, the same training, which was that like you always have a, a lower level of acceptance and a, and then a, a limit of what you kind of think is possible. And it definitely, so I think the, the most obvious way that's shown is in revenue of the business and like the amount of the number, the size of the numbers you're dealing with. So like, I don't think I can sell my service for this, or I don't think we can make more than this much a month. And then as soon as there's one month of that happening, suddenly the whole frame moves up. And so like you go from thinking like 500 pounds a month, it's like, wow, we're making this on the internet. Yeah. Like, and there's, you know, we can do that from anywhere. And then suddenly you'll, you'll sell a program for 250. You're like, well, that's half the, the 500 pounds. Like what? And then the, I just, I think that being very aware of that, both like personally in terms of what you, what you spend and what you earn. And then in a business sense, if you're not like very clear on those le- levels, I do think there is this thing where you prevent your own growth which is it's, such a weird thing to get your head around. But yeah. It's support like, and resistance, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. If anyone's ever traded, a support and resistance point are like where the price has never gone above or below. And so it's ranging between those two levels. And that happens with how tidy your room is. Like you'll accept a certain level of messiness. And if it goes more messy than that, you'd be like, nope, can't deal with this. And you do a big tidy up. And then it gets to your top level of tidiness that you're happy with. And it moves between those points. Or your supermarket, if you only ever shopped at Netto, remember Netto mm-hmm. or Lidl, and <laughs> you get to the end of your, your trolley, and it's like, okay, that's twelve pounds and six pence, please, for like a massive trolley of stuff. And then you go to Waitrose, and you're like, oh my god, like the food's amazing here. And you get to the checkout, and they go, okay, that's four point five million pounds. <laughs> and <laughs> it's how Yusuf does online shopping. No, this is because Yusuf's uh, been Yusuf's been trying to get the cereal that that only Waitrose have, and he's clearly gone into Waitrose to find the cereal and been been caught by the. <laughs> I I realise that this podcast is full of segues, but <laughs> we, I think we should mention at this point honourable mention that Johnny once bought was it three hundred cartons of orange no. juice. Three hundred cartons. No, no. Right. So, so it, it wasn't three hundred. So I was in. I was in my freshest week at uni. It was my first experience of online shopping. So I was like, I can't be bothered. I didn't have a car. I can't be bothered to, to like walk to Tesco and carry everything home. I'm going to try their online shopping. A few other people were trying it, and I just incorrectly entered a zero after the number. So I think I wanted two. I think it was twenty. I wanted okay. two cartons of orange juice. Because at the time I was like, you know, vitamin C and all that sort of stuff. I thought it was a good idea. But I ordered 22 litre bottles of orange juice. And I then had to like, I mean, I couldn't even give them away. It was such a, I literally could not give give away the Well, you don't want to be orange juice guy in Freshers Week, do you? That's not what yeah. you want to be known as at uni. Because that's the name that'll stick with you for the next decade. OJ, oh, look at OJ. Because <laughs> like, you, you think like, okay, it's unreasonable to sell them at cost. Because if you don't, someone doesn't want them, I'm just imposing this thing on someone. So I thought, you know, I'll, I'll go under cost. So I'm like, cold, I wanted to take the hit. Cold knocking on the orange <laughs> juice sales. <laughs> so the trouble is you've got to create the desire because the desire is not there. So you catch yeah. someone in the kitchen, you go, do you ever think that, you know, all the drinking and being hungover, like it's bad for your health? And they'll go, yeah, yeah, I do. It's like, well, you know, what if there was something you could do every day that would 
that would like reverse the effects and help your health. And you're, oh yeah, that'd be amazing. Well, have you ever considered drinking more orange juice? And then I like that angle. You'd be like, I've, I've just been doing some reading about um, seamen and pirates, <laughs> and a lot of them, their teeth fell out, and they had bad gum health, and that you know they they ended up developing a immune problems and they, they actually had a really terrible time and here's some photos of of what they developed and later a scientist discovered that this is scurvy caused by lack of vitamin c vitamin c anything you've ever worried about i mean have you ever thought <laughs> oh, i wish there was a way that i could make sure that i top up my levels and i don't end up with these problems it's well, the wolf of wall street scene isn't it of sell me this pen and the guy's like you write your name down for me i'm gonna ah so present them with this, this, the orange juice version of this, that. Present them with the scurvy, the scurvy brochure <laughs> with Yusuf with Yusuf branding. Have you ever seen the night? Look how the awful that is. Scurvy manual. How do you avoid scurvy? I don't know. Well, this this doctor, Doctor Yusuf, tells me that orange juice is the thing for preventing scurvy. <laughs> yes. How did we get onto that? Like we were talking about how basically all of reality is a series of low points and high points that we oscillate oh between. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. That's what we were talking. But that's to say that once you've, well, even with like I think strength, so even physical strength. I mean, I know that there is there is a physical ceiling that you reach, but I think in most in like ninety nine point nine nine nine, even maybe even a few more nines after that percentage of people, they aren't at that maximum ceiling in terms of like physical strength or muscle mass or, you know, it's so weird. Cause I, the, the way I'm training at the moment, every session has a, an estimated one rep max attached to it. And mm-hmm. it's on the software I'm using. It's literally plotted on a graph. And I looked at the graph the other day and it literally has a support and resistance on it. It's, it's <laughs> unbelievable. So I was just think I was going to, I was going to send this to you stuff. So like it gets my deadlift guy goes up, 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 and then hits this number, which is a number that I kind of know is, the most I've ever done, the most I could ever do. And then suddenly, miraculously, the next session, it's less. And it's not like the weight I'm lifting is more. It's just moving yeah. a bit quicker and I am actually progressing. But it's like this internal, like, oh, well, that's not possible. It couldn't get it couldn't get beyond that. So I almost, like, knack my own progress for fear of breaking through to something else. That's interesting. But, there's, but the support still exists, which is what you said. Like, if the men come at two in the morning, you still... <laughs> Oh, like, and they were like, you need to squat 100 kilos. You'd be like, well, yeah, like, no matter what's going on in my life, I don't know what I'm squat 100 kilos. There'd be a max, there'd be a a number I'd miss at two in the morning. I don't know what that number is. Probably not very high. That's your support zone. Like, at any time, no matter what, that's the weight that I can be good to know that, wouldn't it? Just in case. What? Just in case? (laughs) Well, just in case, yeah. But so I suppose that so linked to all of this is like it's basically what you believe to be possible. So if you take that support and resistance thing and think of it, think of it in terms of a business development thing. It's like the the resistance is like basically where you're comfortable. So it's like I work with this many clients, I charge this much. That's how much I is like is I can live off that. But then you think, well, but if I was to make three grand a month, that would be, and you would almost only really so you would push 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 until it got to that point and then you would probably just take your foot off the gas and you stay comfortable and it's only when three grand becomes the the minimum that you're willing to accept the support yeah yeah Almost. so it's just it, it's that it, it doesn't it isn't like super actionable or helpful i suppose but 
even just being aware of it, you can start to see these patterns. There's key points. So I guess, as you said, the first one is the freedom number, which you can calculate with Johnny's spreadsheet. Um, how do we access that, actually? Business Good question. I, well, yeah. I mean, no, t- technically, the only way to actually get that is to apply. It's a tool we give people before they um, get on, like, one of the, the really helpful, valuable calls that we do prior to working with us in the Propane Business Program. So the only at the moment, the only place to actually get that is to book a call. Ah, fine. So exclusive. But what that does is it it allows you to forecast how many clients you'll need and in how long will you hit the freedom number, which is what you need to basically cover your basic expenses and a little bit of buffer. So that's the first kind of resistance point that you you hit with your revenue, followed by if you're coming from another full-time job outside, it's matching that salary. And that's always a huge moment for people that we work with when they hit that or when they beat that, they're like, oh my God, like I can now quit my job with full security that I'm actually making more outside of my, outside of my job. And then it becomes psychological points. The same as like a hundred kilo bench press or like a two kilo, a a two plate bench press is like, often people get stuck at like 97 for a long time because it seems like a big jump. So knowing, being aware of those points, as you said, is kind of, just allows you to be like, oh, am I taking the foot off the pedal here? Definitely. So it's just, I think, attitude to numbers in general. So, like, what's what's possible? How much the business is generating? Like, even even just, is it, people have a, a resistance to, like, like an emotional resistance to, it's not possible to earn a living online as a, as a trainer. People believe that to be true. If you believe that to be true, or you can only earn so much in the fitness industry, you believe that to be true, you will probably find that that limit is true. <laughs> and this is, it's all very, very um, hard to define, but it yeah, just... and I think Im- there, is a, there is a certain level at which it's... it's re- so you couldn't be like, my, I'm going to charge a million per client um, mm. for, the, for my PDF. That doesn't work. So, <laughs> well, maybe, maybe that's my limiting belief. So maybe I'm wrong. No, but it, I, yeah, it doesn't work. There is a certain, <laughs> there's a certain level at which your mentality does meet a ceiling in reality. Like you could, I'm not just going to squat 500 kilos because I think I can. Or maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. David Goggins it. Screw it. Let's do it. Yeah. But no, I, I think there's, there's, sorry. This is it. Like it, you have to have a kind of positive tint on reality just to keep yourself motivated. But I think people push that too far and they go full kind of the secret visualization, positive thinking style approach where they live in a kind of delusional reality that's so far removed from what's actually happening that they're actually just out of touch with reality. And all that's going to happen there is it's just going to collide with what reality actually is. So, yeah, I think it's a case of like leaning forward into your edge, finding a bit of optimism in whatever you can and seeing if you can push push your limits with it but not being so unrealistically like the whole thing of like oh shoot for the moon and you'll hit the stars like okay but if you say i'm gonna build a billion pound business the behaviors that you need are very different for that and have a lot higher chance of failure than saying i'm gonna build a consistent 100k business yeah i actually think the businesses that shoot for the moon usually don't end up in the stars I, I'm going to build the next Facebook. Like, yeah, 
the amount of funding that you'd need for that and the amount of luck and everything the, else. The, those things also either go to a billion valuation or flop. It's very rare. Like you're not going to build, you're not going to try and mimic Facebook and get it to like half a million quid a year. Right? <laughs> like it's never, it's never going to get to that kind of middle ground. It's either going to work as, as designed or it just will absolutely not work. So I yeah, think that's I think the Facebook model though, but yeah, but, it, but just well, anything like, like well, there's other businesses that can sustain that level of kind of medium for sure. If yeah. they're like a paid service with enough adoption, but you're, yeah, you're right in that. Yeah. Like, I think for Facebook, if it's free, it's either going to be sync or well, swim. You need, you need users to advertise to, don't you? Quite a few yeah. of them. So yeah. So I think um, so. Attitude to money and things being perfect are two things that that keep people constrained. Um, and then linked to that is is it, I suppose more linked to, to things being perfect, but just this idea that you've got to do everything yourself. So whether that be, I have to work with everybody one-on-one. And if I don't work with someone one-on-one, so if I don't design the service myself now and send it to that person, if I'm not replying to that person now, then the service is poor or I can't justify charging for that. When actually like that, the thinking about it like that is not only actually a a worse service over time, um, but also prevents the number of people you can help prevents like the impact the business can have and all that sort of stuff so i think that was some it's something a lot of our clients struggle with it's something that we definitely struggled with a lot um i don't really have a way to to fix it other than starting to view it as like you're selling the the recipe to the result rather than like your hours in the kitchen as it were well, funny you mentioned that, Johnny, because uh, tomorrow's YouTube video covers the three right. mistakes that we made when starting out as online coaches, and that was point number three. Johnny very deliberately set me up for that point as well. Um, so in, in podcast land, this will actually be probably last week by the time you're listening to this. But have a look on our YouTube channel. It covers the exact text conversation that we had with our first ever client, and goes oh through all God. of the mistakes that we've that we made. Is when, it the is it the actual text conversation? Yeah, when we set up with with propane. So I saw that on the thumbnail. Yeah, well, you're going to see it in the video if you watch it. A lot to look forward to. <laughs> um. But yeah, no. So I, well, that that's I've to say. So the <laughs> well, no. So it was also in an article that. I put up on the website uh, a week or two back about like the, the only ways that you can scale beyond your time are either outsourcing it to a human being to do it or trying to automate it so that, you know, there's a piece of software or there's a piece of code that you've written or, you know, you don't necessarily have to write code. It's not about being a coder, but, or even it's just like you pre-record a video of you explaining something. Like I think a lot of people will see that and be like, Oh, I think especially if you're a personal trainer as well, and you're so used to being on a gym floor and trading your money for time, you're like, well, this is the value that I give when actually a lot of the conversations that you have with people are just kind of catching up and like, that is fine. And I think that is like part of the service that you provide as a PT, but I don't think that's the reason that people invest is that they want to natter. I think they want to get results, including a bit of natter is a bit of an extra nice thing, but you can help people get results with your like 
I mean, we talk about it all the time, but your best explanation of something recorded in a database that they can access 24-7, no matter if you're awake or asleep, is much more valuable than you being this, like, keeper of this secret that they have to know. <laughs> That's just annoying for them. Like, yeah, it would just be... Like, imagine if Facebook, if someone you had to call someone from Facebook every time to log in. Oh, like, yeah. Hi, <laughs> hi, Karen. Yeah, yeah it's, it's me again. Um, can you just let me in? Thanks. Like, like oh, I'm not it, at my computer at the moment. Can I, do you mind? Can you call me back in a couple of hours? Say, oh, all right, fine. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's kind of what you're doing if you're saying I can only coach you here in this specific way when we have this time. Um, whereas if you, yeah, you can pre-record stuff and still give a lot of value. And as you said, that that then opens up the space for the stuff that does need to be individualized. And actually they get a better service because when they're with you, all the stuff that needs to be done directly with them can be done. And then anything that's generic or um, pre-recorded or whatever, they can, they can look at in their own time. This is, this is if you're doing a, a hybrid service or if it's, if it's online coaching, then you're going to be using a, a different structure. Well, also like if anything has a like one-to-one relationship with your hours in the day, you are very constrained by what you can do. And then if each of those hours with a client is like starting from first principles every time. So like, but imagine if the time you spent with clients was just answering the, like the 2% of someone's journey that actually needs individualization, that actually needs adjusting. And they understand how the session works, how to warm up, what the, what the nutrition looks like. They've had all like 90% of their questions answered. They've just got a little bit that needs explaining, explaining, you can do that one-to-one with them, have a huge impact, but it took you 10 minutes. took you 10 minutes, but they've still accessed everything in your brain already. So it's the, I think people default to thinking, well, that's, if I'm not doing it, then as Alex said, like I'm no longer giving value because people are used to their time being the thing that's valuable. But actually people just, they're not really paying for your time. Like they're not paying because they want a friend, someone to talk to. They're paying because they want to achieve something or solve something or, or whatever. And if you help them do that, it's the, the question I ask people all the time is like if if someone if, if a client buys your service and never speaks to you once, but over twelve weeks breaks past their fat loss goal, hits all these strength markers, is really happy with the results, is that a bad service? Yeah, they're not gonna be like, service. Oh, what a bloody scam. I'm shredded and massive now. <laughs> but I didn't get a single WhatsApp reply. Didn't it's get like, a single croissant emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's, a spe- there's only for, for special people, probably anyway. So, <laughs> yes. But yeah. So the next bullet point you had. So we've got money mindset and sort of your mindset around numbers and limits and all that kind of stuff. Um, the mirror of yourself in your sort of mentality or the, the self mirror, as it were, how you think eternally reflects in reality. Not like mm-hmm. you're Doctor Strange or like Wonder Vision, but like the Vision Wonder. Sorry for any pedants of the Marvel Universe wonder so it's not like you can control reality with your mind but you do limit your daily activities by the way that you think about stuff i think that's a reasonable assertion but yes so the next bullet point that you have there written down so we've done three or four so we've done attitude to money as you say we've done internal external service being perfect and the final one is just um letting go of like the things you're doing so assuming you're you're saying right i'm not going to work with every client one-to-one i'm going to build resources i'm going to try and impact as many people as i can now it's like right well how else am i spending my time because you're probably also doing everything else probably also doing all of the accounting all of the admin all of the marketing all of the sales 
what could what could I give to someone else to just make the whole thing go quicker? You know, if, imagine if there was two two people involved or three people involved or four people involved, how much faster would this all would this all move? This is a great point raised in essentialism, which I know I bang out I bang on about loads on this podcast, but it's just it's such a yes, it's a one idea book, but it fleshes out all the components of this so well to apply to your personal performance and your business. And what he says is the most important role in a in a film, in a movie, is the editor. Because if you just put in all the shots and all the writing and everything and just made it the longest film possible, it would lose its impact. And the key skill of an editor is picking out what are the the important parts to make the the whole thing flow and how can we cut out anything that doesn't add to the plot and doesn't it doesn't keep it moving forward and how can you then bring out the best of all these like hundreds of hours of of shots that you've that you've filmed and put it into something that works and so the same thing applies with your business that there's a few key things which you do which move the needle and get the result for your client and there's loads of other stuff that you might feel like you have to do but i mean it maybe it needs to be done but not necessarily by you and it, the more you can edit away all those other things and make as much space as possible for the key needle movers the more you're going to be able to be working in your in your genius you can enjoy what you're doing more and you'll have much more aptitude for it unless you're johnny and you also happen to be an accountant then and, and even then like you didn't set up propane so that you can do the accounting in it. Like, yeah, it's still it's still not something I would I would do. I mean, we we, just, we hire an accountant, don't we? So yeah, yeah. So the other yeah. the other analogy that I think uh, it, it, uh, the uh, the analogy I remember it becoming really it all becoming really clear for me was the like the 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 pop star or like the rock band or whatever analogy of like in putting on a show a live show. There's a lot of stuff that has to happen. But the yeah. only thing that the like that Ed Sheeran has to do, it cannot be anybody else, is stand on the stage and actually perform. But if Ed Sheeran was like running the PR for the show or setting up the cables beforehand, it'd be like, Ed, mate, what you, like you're gonna get something wrong. What, what are you doing? What are you doing? You, Ed, 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 Ed you, you're gonna ruin it, Ed. Oh, well, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming. Oh, let me show you some seat. Oh, no, there's another 25,000 people. I need to show you some Just stressed God. out, red-faced Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Reducing your stressed. one rep max. <laughs> yeah. And then the show would be worse as well. Yeah, exactly. So literally everybody, including Ed, has a worse time because Ed couldn't just bloody outsource the tickets. So the, the same thing is like you realise, okay, well, if you if you're the if you're the Ed Sheeran in your business, what's the only thing that you have to do? And probably it's that what is the performing equivalent? It's like the the creation of the core thing, like the creation of the the content, the program, the service. And like really and I, I would probably add on to that the like a big part of the the marketing and the selling has to come from you, because I think you, you can outsource that. But so for example, imagine Imagine Ed Sheeran was in none of the promo for the Ed Sheeran show. It'd be like, what? Like, imagine if it was just like loads of people talking about the Ed Sheeran gig and how it might, why it might be good. There's no photos of him. He's not involved in it. So like, he has to be kind of involved in the promo. He has to like go on the Graham Norton show and, and talk about it and all these sorts of things. 
but he's also got to perform. So what are the equivalents for you? And really to, to function as smoothly as possible, everything else should be outsourced. So there's a few kind of steps that I think you should think about it in. One of them is outsourcing anything that's very low skill, that's purely admin. So like um, things that are very repetitive, things that don't need to be thought about necessarily, can you either automate them or can you get someone, just an admin person to work part-time to do those things? Step two would be outsourcing things that are not revenue generating, but not necessarily admin. So that might be something like um, replying to comments or it might be like maintaining certain parts of people's programs or, or whatever. Um, and then you start to move through outsourcing things you're bad at, then outsourcing things you're good at, then outsourcing the decisions about what to do. And that's kind of the final the final level. So working through that sequence, most people are doing all of those things, like including yeah. all of the low skill stuff, all of the non-revenue activities, all of their strengths, all of their weaknesses, and deciding about all of those things as well. And the, the problem there is that you're only human. You're only one person with 24 hours in a day. And so... Until use of AI comes out. Until use of 2.0 comes out, yeah. Um, which will sell for a subscription-based fee. Um, but <laughs> if if Ed, for example, was to try and do all these things, not only would he do a bad job of it and not be able to show everyone to their seats and stuff, but that's also time away from his like time pre, pre-stage, like having a glass of water and doing his scales and, and warming, you know, all that stuff, taking care of the machine, which is the revenue generator practicing his, his little ukulele or whatever so <laughs> can you tell I'm, I'm not a fan so well versed in pop culture yeah his trumpet practicing his trumpet and Ed so, Sheeran and his marching band and and so oh, yeah. in your marketing as a as a fit pro particularly if you're a physique based coach like you you can't get away from the fact that you are the advert for yourself like your physique is is partly is part of your marketing and we've definitely or you're, got to or dependent if you're not a physique leveled pt if maybe you're a skills level the skill is still part of the coaching exactly as well. whatever it is that you demonstrate and we've definitely been at the point where we've been trying to juggle so much that our personal training and diet starts to suffer and we have to forego training sessions and that kind of thing as a result now Doing that in the short term, missing the odd training session, you think, oh, well, I need to get this done. I need to finish this little infographic or whatever. It's fine. But in the long term, that's taking you further and further away from the the North Star, the, the big picture of what your, what your business should be representing. The ukulele, basically. The ukulele. Practicing your ukulele. But no, I, so I think there's a really important thing in there, packed within not the ukulele or Ed Sheeran and his trumpet, but within like the the North Star and like I, I think it's very important to almost at the fault of like not even it really being logical, keep some things sacred within your, your business and your time or, or just, I mean, on a wider scale within your life. But, you know, from the from the fact of even if it's so training sessions, if that's kind of a big part of what your brand is, is being someone who trains, keeping that incredibly sacred now so that down the line, okay, yeah, it doesn't matter if it's an infographic and if it's, you know, oh, okay, I might miss out on like a 15 pound sale here or there. You know what I mean? But then down the line, once stuff is scaled and it's like, well, I mean, if I don't do this training, if I do, if I do this training session, I might be missing out on thousands in revenue. I think it's still important to have the kind of 
I guess the internal value of like, well, no, this is still who I am. This is still kind of the training that I do so that you don't just become this stressed kind of octopus trying to do everything. And and this is more of a problem when you're in, when you're in the fitness industry, because you're supposed to be representative of all of these things that you're, you're telling your clients that they can do. And a lot of the time that, you know, the big thing this decade is, is balance and being able to balance a full-time job with, with training and being able to, to do all these things. So if you're, if you're failing to do that, then you're not congruent with your brand and your potential clients are going to be like, well, you're clearly looking underslept and struggling to cope. So how, how do I know that your method is going to work for me when I've got three kids and running a, doing various jobs and stuff so it's crucially important and then if if you imagine from like a business performance perspective imagine if like as well as writing new songs ed was doing everything else like if he's up against i don't know stereophonics another current popular very trendy uh, music music group um then you know and they imagine if they only all they did was write songs um then they are going to p- p- create better music than it that's they, it their right? next album's going to be better and anyone who's like oh i could go to a concert hmm, i could go to ed sheeran britney spears or stereophonics and I'm, so well, of course britney spears yeah. if, you know stereo spent, spent more time writing songs no, so britney spears Britney Spears has now come back into fashion since being out, not out of fashion, but since Dick. Really? Yes. So she's gone full so cycle now, so I'm, she's so gone I'm full now current cycle. again. You're now current again. Yes. So just all your 90s and early 2000s references, Yusuf, they are in vogue. You're fine. Oh, what about fantastic. what about Top Loader? Are they, are not, they not heard of them. Unfortunately, they've not returned. At the Dancing moment. in the Moonlight by Top Loader, Yusuf. You must have heard Dancing in the Moonlight. Yeah, I have. So Craig David, international pop rap. Superstar. Also back. So he's back. Also so. back. Genuinely recording some wow. songs recently. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel Beddingfield. No, That's he's not retired. Reference. Although oh. Natasha Beddingfield is still like uh, seen as a, a nostalgic banger of okay. The rest more is still so than, music. More so than Daniel Beddingfield. I got to get through this. Yeah. No. 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 Natasha. Bed- well, because so Natasha Beddingfield was she was the theme song for The Hills, I believe. I think it was The Hills. And obviously The Hills is this massive pop cultural, the start of all the Kardashian Real Housewives stuff. So, an important pop cultural figure. <laughs> See, what, what, we, what we brought Alex on for was we were worried that we were drifting too far away from... Because, you know, here's me, you know, I'm saying things like um, Ed Sheeran, you know, the only bands available, Ed Sheeran, Stereophonics and things like that. And Alex would occasionally go, Johnny, Stereophonics are not, like... I agree that they're up there, but they're not exactly the, the most trendy band at the moment. And he just keeps us leveled. Keep, exactly. Keep, keep them young. Yeah, you keep, keep us young, Alex. Yeah. You, you're, <laughs> you're the most millennial of the three of us. Definitely. Definitely. I'm nearly Gen Z. I'm close. I'm borderline. I don't even know what we are, Yusuf. What are we? Old. What, are, what, what, what generation are we? We're just old. No, you, you are millennial. You're like deep middle millennial. Deep middle millennial. Wow. Okay. The millennials actually like, so there's millennials that are like 38 now. I'm pretty sure if you look at the sociologically defined. Yeah. So Gen Z is the people that like TikTok and all that. That's Gen Z. And I thought you had to be born like after the millennium to be, to be a millennial. No, that's not how it works. Sorry. Sorry to tell you. 
We're getting to school here. Trade. No, so Gen Z is 97 and beyond, I think. And then Millennial is like 80-something to 97. I'm not quite sure. Alex, you're, you're spot on. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. That's why That's why you keep me around. <laughs> 1981 to 1994-6. So there you go. So I, I'm right on the cusp, 95. So current, Alex. We should call this podcast, like, a couple of granddads getting schooled <laughs> on modern sounds. That sounds potentially a bit X-rated, doesn't it? When you, <laughs> the start of the sentence, but it's but fine. There you go. O- only fans. <laughs> the propane only fans. Propane only fans. And on that bombshell, <laughs> yeah. it's time to end the podcast. Well, any, anything else from you guys? Any, any finishing thoughts on scaling and the mindsets? I think we've covered a lot of good stuff there. So no much value. But if you're listening... The video will be out. So have a look on the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash propane fitness, and see how we can take all the mistakes that we've talked about and put it into action with solutions to make your online coaching journey much smoother than ours ever was. That's all we ever want for you to have is, yeah. a smoother journey than we did. Because we had a rough old ride. <laughs> <laughs> Two granddads having a rough old ride. <laughs> Listening to stereophonics. Exactly. Wow, what an image. Right, G- goodbye. Goodbye. Want to learn more about the systems we use to run, build, and scale propanefitness.com? Head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build Propane Fitness. We walk through the sales systems, the delivery systems, follow-up, remarketing, how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24-7. We really do cover the full thing, right? And if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us, there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels, the best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.